Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Today's show is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. Samaritan Ministries is a healthcare sharing ministry with over a quarter of a million Christians that care for one another's needs, from broken bones to cancer, pregnancies to organ transplants, all without the use of insurance. If you would like to learn about how you can be a part of this ministry, helping each other with healthcare, visit SamaritanMinistries.org. Hello, 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 friends. Happy Wednesday. I hope that wherever you are right now, listening to the happy hour, that today's show is going to encourage you and inspire you and point you to Jesus. That's our hope with every show. And so I hope it happens today. I kind of know that it will. You know, I love seeing you guys listening to the show. I love knowing where you are, what you're doing. I'd love it if you tagged me on Instagram. Instagram is by far, hands down, my number one favorite social media app. Use the hashtag, the happy hour, Jamie Ivy. Tag me in your story, share it on your post, share it on your story this week. And I'm gonna pick one of you to send a special gift from our merch shop just for you. Just for tagging the show, guys. I love seeing where you listen. I am a podcast junkie and listen to podcasts all the time. If I'm washing dishes, if I'm driving carpool, if I am going on a walk, I just love listening to podcasts. So show me where you're listening. Now, on to the show today is my new friend, Tara Lynn St. Ellen. My assistant, Lindsay, met Tara Lynn last year while we were at the She Speaks conference. And Lindsay listened to Tara share her story a bit and knew that this 20-something beauty queen from Jersey had to meet you all. And she was right. Tara Lynn speaks boldly about being adorned for battle as daughters of the Most High King, and her faith is exhilarating to those that she meets. You're going to love her style of faith and fashion and passion for women to walk in our true identity as God's daughters. Here is my conversation with my friend, Tara Lynn. Tara Lynn, welcome to the happy hour. Hi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here all the way down from the great state of New Jersey. Yep, first time to, here. First time to Texas. Yeah. And your thoughts? I can't believe that it's raining. I know, boo. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was really looking forward to some sun, but it's okay. Because are you having sun right now in Jersey? This is no, February. my mom was just telling me that it's raining over there too, so. You can't like, get away from it. I know, it's like following me, I guess. Well, even if you have rain, I hope you get barbecue. Oh my gosh. No, seriously. I have to get that tonight. Yeah. 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 You're going to get some barbecue tonight. Um, <laughs> but thank you for joining us in the studio. I'm so excited. You actually have a book that just released called Claim Your Crown. It came out early February, Walking in Confidence and Worth as a Daughter of the King. And I have so many questions for you. Yes. But I'm first, ready. introduce yourself to all my listeners. Okay. Hi, everyone. So my name is Tara Lynn. I am the creator of Adorned in Armor, which is a faith and fashion platform that encourages and equips women to conquer life through fashion and faith. I also am the creator of Just for Battle podcast, where I talk about the struggles of women who have the testimonies in the making. I just really believe in sharing what we're currently dealing with in order to get through it together. Oftentimes we don't share the pain and the struggle. And in the end, it's like, okay, sure. Like the testimony is great, you know, but it's, it could be so much more impactful if you're sharing what you're going through, like with somebody else, because there's someone out there that's going through it. It's so true. Yeah. Why do we not want to do that though? We're just like, I guess private. It's hard. Yeah. It is hard to share that kind of middle work of Mm -hmm. where God's doing things in you. Yeah. Look at you, girl. Okay, I'm going to ask because I just need everyone to know, and I hope you're not offended. How old are you? I just turned 25. Congratulations. Thank you so much. You've got a quarter of a century down. (laughs) You're good to go. Um, Okay, congratulations. You um, also, just because I need everyone to know, Okay. um, of course you're a fashion blogger because you look impeccably beautiful <laughs> sitting over you. here across from me. Thank but you, you also Miss Black New Jersey in 2018. Yes. yes. 
How did you get into pageants? So, okay, well, it was, I was in a time in my life where I couldn't get a job and I was really confused because I was like, Jesus, like I did everything you needed me to do. Like, you know, you're in school, you're in college and I graduated top of my class. I did all the fashion internships and everything. You got a, you have a master's degree. Yeah, that came way after like, yeah, but it was just like, God, like, why am I home? Like, it was really like such a struggle. But in that process, one, he showed me that he wanted me to be home to take care of my mother. um, And also um, really just figure out what else is there like I would like to do. And I figured out like, pageantry. I love dressing up. you had never done this before? I did one in college. And I actually won that one as well. It was just really crazy. I was crowned by Miss New Jersey and Miss T New Jersey then. And yeah, it wasn't like official, official, but like this one was like my really official one. Yeah. <laughs> so you you started just because like I'm home, I need something to do, and this sounds fun. Yeah. Okay. Now my only I've said this before, people are gonna think I'm a dork, but my only um, knowledge of pageantry is uh, toddlers and tiaras <laughs> on TLC, and yeah. those people be crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so crazy. Is it like that for adults? No, okay, it is not. But it really does depend on like the pageant system that you get into. Like there are some people that are just like, <laughs> yeah, let's stay away. But then there are people that you meet and they're just like awesome and just like amazing, you know. But, you know, I guess there's always like a good and a bad. It's to, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I have a friend actually who was Miss Texas a couple of years ago. Oh. I know, I know. I should sit her down and ask her to give me all the pageant stuff. (laughs) Do you want to do more pageants? I would love to. I get a lot of people asking me that and especially like, people saying like, oh, you should do like Haiti or something. I was like, I don't know. It was just more so just like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? I know things are super hectic, but I do know that I genuinely love it. I enjoy it. Okay, I'm going to ask another dumb question about pageantry because this is new for me. (laughs) Is there an age... Maximum. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh huh. I know what you mean. Well, like you a cap out or of whatever. the system. Yes. So it was so crazy because um. So like the Miss America system, like they're reaching out to me to see if I'd be interested in going for like Miss New Jersey and stuff. And then I look at the contract and I was like, wait, I can't do this. Like too old? I just turned 25 and. No, I wasn't even 25 yet. I was 24, but by the time that I turned 25. I would have been like aged out or whatever. Basically, I needed to be 24 during my whole reign. Okay. And I had just turned 25 and I read the contract and they didn't even know. And I was just like, yeah, I can't do do this. Yeah, it was so crazy. But like they invited me to judge a pageant, like a local one. So I was like, oh, that was an awesome way to like get involved with that. It was fun. It really was. And that was when I was getting a lot of like, you should do like USA, like go into that pageant system. But it's like, okay, we'll just see. Yeah. My friend who's also been on the show, Cezanne Hendricks, just judged like Miss America or something. She's amazing. You know, first of all, I love her. She's awesome. Oh my gosh. Like my mom and I were watching. um, It was USA. Oh, USA. There's different. Like the universe. Like, yeah. She judged Miss Universe? Yeah. That is exactly right. I know that. Yeah. She gave me some behind the scenes stuff. I'll tell you after we're recording. (laughs) Okay, cool. No, she's amazing. My mom and I were watching the vlog and we're like, yo. That is bananas. She's so sweet too. She seems She's like legit it. kind yeah, in real life. You yeah. can see it's that. not fake. It's not fake. Yeah. Okay, enough of this show ain't about her. This show's <laughs> about you. Um, okay, so pageantry. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. Now I have I feel like I have so many like nuggets I want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I have a question. When you wrote your book, Claim Your Crown, you're 25. Who is your target audience for this book? Okay. So I always used to say young woman. Okay. And then I would do events and they're like, elder women were just like, what about us? I'm like, it's for you too. I'm just talking about, I guess like, because like I'm young and like, I'm mostly around like other young women. Uh Like I work with like youth at my church and stuff like that. I was just like, okay, like you guys are like the base, like, you know, the base level Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But it's for everybody, Everybody. every woman, like we are royalty, you know? And I just, I guess. I targeted like young women particularly because it's like let's get it early let's understand that yeah yeah well when I got this I've been super excited to interview you for a long time and when I got the books um in and I was talking to my daughter's story who's 12 and I have read through your book and I'm like I cannot wait for her to read this book (laughs) so thank you for writing a book that my daughter in a teenage year can grasp yeah. and get like really great truth. So Thank you. congrats, girl. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm going to bring it all out of you today, okay? <laughs> okay. You mentioned earlier about 
you know, people have said, you should go for Miss Haiti or something. Mm-hmm. You dropped a little bomb on us. You're Haitian. Yes, I am. And two of my children are Haitian. Yeah, I saw that. so exciting. Yeah. So let's talk about this. Have you lived in America your whole life? My whole entire life. So my parents came to America. I don't know when my father did, but my mom was in high school. So she did like the whole high school year um, there. And it was very difficult for her. Your mom came to America and did high school here. Okay, yeah. got it. Got it. Um, mostly because of like the bullying and stuff like that um, where she lived. There was like a lot of bullying um, just because that she was Haitian. And it didn't even matter. Like, okay, they saw that she looked good because my mom loved to dress up. Oh, I see. That's where you got it, huh? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and she was also just like a great student. So like they would try to like use her for that but like there was still like just a lot of racial tension for like no reason honestly and not even just with her but like many of the Haitians in the community and it was just like what and so I only saw a glimpse of that growing up so Where did I was she grow up so she lived in New Jersey her so whole so y'all been in New Jersey yeah what do you call yourself New Jerseyans <laughs> I guess okay. like we never y'all did are New Jerseyans. Jersey girls uh, Jersey girls okay. yeah yeah and so her like where her high school was is just like a few towns away from where we live now um i was a quiet quiet just super shy it was ridiculous uh-huh. so quiet growing up and so like i would see that racial tension in school as well and i really didn't understand it i was just like why like we're all people and also like when you're doing also like black people it's just like we're all black like you uh-huh. know um but I don't I really just didn't understand but it was hard for me to honestly stick up for myself or like other Haitian women or girls because it was just like well I don't even know where I come from Mm, because you've never been there I did, but I was a little girl. Okay, like yeah, my you, only you remember, it wasn't like a, a huge. Yeah, part I don't of remember. You. Yeah, yeah, at all. Like the only thing I remember is throwing sand in my brother's face, and yeah, he killed me. For so that. when you were experiencing this tension, was mm-hmm. it because you were Haitian? Because was that even set you apart more? Yeah. Why was that? You think? Um, I really don't know, but it was really, and I even talk about that in the book, like with Haitians, Africans, and Mexicans. And I I don't know. I really don't know why um, why we have that there, mm-hmm. you know? But I guess it goes back to, like, history and stuff. And yeah. it's, like, when you really dig down and you just see, like, all the underlying, yeah. like, effects of, like, you know, being overlooked as a country right. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. So you, you write in your book about how you finally felt like you could defend and stick up your country when you went to visit there. Yeah. Can we talk about this? Yes. Tell me what took you there, what your experience was like, and then how did that change you on the other side? Okay, so I was a contributor for Teen Vogue. And um, my boss, who, like, my editor, she knew I was Haitian. And she loves Haiti so much, but she also knew that she couldn't go that year. And so she sent me on assignment there. They were doing, like, a whole, like, jazz festival. And they were taking, like, the media to, like, the most beautiful places. And she was like, do you want to go? And I was like, do I want to go? Like, yes, I want to go. An assignment to my home country, yeah. Yeah. And at first, like, my parents were, like, super cautious because they were, like, you know, there are some dangerous parts and we want to make sure that you're good. I was just like, I'm going to be good. Like, I'm going to go. Like, I have to go. And it was just such a beautiful experience. It's actually just one of, like, my most viewed on YouTube. Really? Because I named it, like, the parts, like, the media doesn't show you of Haiti. Like, you know, I grew up just thinking, like, you know, all I see is poverty. My parents are telling me something else. They lived in huge houses and they loved it and they had so much fun and they talk about it all the time, but that's not what I see. Mm-hmm. So to be able to go there was just such a beautiful experience and it really just touched me. It was like, I love being home, but that felt like home. It did. Yeah. And my mom was so shocked because growing up, I didn't really like I was like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll stay here. It's okay. If you guys want to visit, go ahead. But I'll just stay here. Um, So to see, like, how I am able to fully embrace, like, all aspects of who I am. It was just, like, such a beautiful moment. And I always make it a point to talk about this, like, I had the crown at the time. I had was I was just recently named um, Miss Black New Jersey, and I didn't have like a case or anything. But my mom and I we put bubble wrap on you my took crown. That crown yes, I took it because I was like I need to, and we wrapped it in bubble wrap and we stuffed it in my suitcase and i prior to leaving i reached out to a friend who had moved from florida to haiti to teach and her husband is doing like missionary work over there and he's Uh a pastor and like we just set up like mini assemblies like with different grades uh and 
I was just so, oh my gosh, like to see those kids, like the way they looked at the crown, that's honestly what inspired me to write the book because it was like, what if we all knew that our crowns have already existed? Ooh, our crowns from the Lord, not from New Jersey. Yes, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so I love, so when you came back from the flip side of traveling to Haiti, do you feel a little bit more confident in? Yeah, I, I feel like when you're, when you go to where you're from, you are, you understand it better, you know, like, I don't even know how to explain it, but it was just like something that I really, really connected to. And when I got home, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I want to go back. And my mom was just so excited for me. She was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm happy that you love your country. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, like, I love it. And like, she, like, once I got back, she told me, you know, it was always my dream to help girls there. Now you can. That's amazing. And that really touched me. And I still think of it because I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but God will. And I just really just have a heart. I mean, I have a heart for girls, period. but like being there just showed me that I do have a special mission there as well it's amazing what part of Haiti did you go to oh I went everywhere okay like the capital um my mom is from La Tibonite oh I don't know that place I mean I don't know a lot of places yeah yeah. I mean yeah same Mm -hmm. same (laughs) and what about your dad um same place okay yeah is that north or south Girl, I have no idea. Okay, like, either. I'm horrible with geography yeah. and everything. It was just like, okay, you're from there. Okay, mm-hmm. that's how I know. Yeah. My kids were born um, outside of Cazel, outside of Cabaret, up in Cazel, yeah. which is, let me get my math. I mean, let me get my bearings. I think it is <laughs> northeast of the capital. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. I, I, haven't been, I haven't been back in a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we used to travel there a lot Aww. when we were visiting our kids. They've been home 10 years now. So wow. I know. I know. Wow. I can't wait to tell them your story. Yeah. Um, okay. So you mentioned, you know, you talk about having the crown that mm-hmm. you, when you were crowned. Yes. And it kind of have, has inspired you to talk to girls about this. Mm-hmm. Um. What are some of the things that you see most that yeah we'll we'll sit, we'll talk about young women let's yeah. do that that's great what are there some of the things that you see young women most like yearning for and desiring that you're saying hey there's an alternative way the world can't give that to you but you have these crowns already let's talk mm-hmm. about that to be seen uh, and I feel like that's young woman that's older woman that's woman in general um, I just see just like a cry on social media of just like just trying to put yourself out there to get noticed by that guy or get noticed by that brand, get noticed by, I don't know, anyone, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, do you see you? And do you see how God sees you? And so I, it's actually one of my favorite chapters. It's like two of them. One, I talk about like appearances and stuff, but I also talk about how God's grace protects your crown. Like no one else can give it to you. So looking on the outside for like approval, like isn't going to work. Our, I say this in my book, society's mirror is poison, but God calls us poetry. And that's to say, say that- one more time for everybody. Society's mirror is poison, but God calls us poetry. Okay. And that's to say that he sees us as his masterpiece. We are his art. And so if we're looking into the world for how they think beauty is and how we should be as women, then we'll be following so many trends, you know, and we won't ever get to know ourselves. Mm -hmm. But if we get to tune into learning who our father is, if we learn who our creator is, we'll be able to appreciate all that he has created. It's so true. Let's talk practically. How do you and I do this? Like this, this is really, really, this is all true. This mm-hmm. is good. This yeah. is good stuff. I think it's a battle that we'll fight for a long time. Yeah. You know, and we have to constantly be on guard against yeah. these things. How do you, how do you personally work that out in your life to believe these things to be true? That what yeah. God says about you more than the world. Yeah. It's really, I would say maybe like three things surrounding yourself with people um, who believe in what God has called them to be. Um, my mom has always been that for me. And she has encouraged me ever since, like, I was a little girl to remember, you are a princess, you are a royalty, don't take nothing from nobody, like, mm-hmm. you know? And so if you're able to surround yourself with anyone, really, that believes in that for you, for themselves, I feel like that definitely helps in the journey. I think biblical affirmations work as well. I know affirmations are powerful in general, but, like, imagine the ones that are coming from the word, you right. know? Um, that I would say, like, I actually made like a printable, um, for like my readers and stuff like that. So they could like repeat over their lives and stuff because it's so, I find like 
just life-giving when you begin to like pray over um your life and really just speak life into like your situation you know just repeating what god said about you Mm -hmm. it's it's really really pivotal and then the last part man i just had it and it just left me maybe it'll come later yeah (laughs) my forever friend jenny and she talks about having to like recreate our like different thoughts. Mm -hmm. So we have these thoughts that we believe the world says about us and that we might even believe about ourselves. We have to basically retrain our brain and embed the true things about us. And I think that is, it takes work, Yeah, you know? And I wonder if sometimes we don't want to put in the work. We'd rather, it's easier to believe the lies. Yeah, it is. It Mm. is like, it's, you know, we could get lazy. We can get lazy. Yeah. yeah. And it's tiring too, because it's like an everyday process. And it's like, sometimes you have to do it like every five minutes or like, oh no, this is what God yeah. said about me. But it's like, okay, so what is going to be your trigger to remind yourself that? Have you found that's been more of a struggle for you in the fashion world and in pageant stuff? Hmm. I wouldn't, I think um, because I have seen the ugliness of fashion really, really early, I don't think it really like affects me so much because And I think my location also helps me like dictate like, okay, what, how I can see myself. Okay. Because I'm able to like distance myself, like, you know, since I'm based in Jersey. um, It's actually, it's so crazy, guys. My book was actually released during Fashion Week. Like, come on. Isn't that like just so crazy? But I think um, being able to like step back. Oh, that was my third point. Uh What is it? You have to be able to detach yourself. So even if it means like taking a break from social media, maybe, okay, you don't want to follow that person that you're comparing yourself to, but maybe mute them. You, I was going to say mute is a new thing. It oh, is it's not amazing. New anymore, it's a good thing. Yeah, it really is. Like, and if that's what's, it has, if that's what you have to do to help yourself, then do it because seeing yourself in, un, in an unhealthy light, it really plays a role like on your health yeah. and just like your happiness yeah. and you won't be able to find that true joy like in what the word the world is saying yeah. about you. I've muted people I actually know. Yeah. Like these are my friends. Yeah. And they're doing nothing wrong. It's just I gotta keep my heart in check. Yeah. And I care more about my heart than following them on Instagram. It's important. Yeah, it's yeah. important. Okay, so you feel a little detached from the fashion world. So you can look at it and see the ugly sides and it's not affecting you as much. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love it and it's beautiful and I love meeting the people and I love the shows, but it's like I'm happy that I am where I am, where it's like I don't have to be too much involved. Like I could step back and be able to be like, okay, Tara. Yeah. 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 Tell me about Adorned in Armor. Okay. So that started from a school project. It's so crazy. Like both of my um, projects really started from school. So I was a freshman in college and I had an assignment to write a blog. Well, to create a blog. I was a communications major and I knew I loved to write. I knew I loved fashion and I knew I loved Jesus. There you go. So I was like, let me write this, like put this all together. And that was before like the fashion blogging was like such a huge thing. Um, So all I knew of, I was taking pictures of myself. I was putting it up there and like writing stuff about God, about life. And um, our assignment was to do it like every other week or something. But I was doing it like two times a week. And I was like, okay, A plus. You were a know? blogger. Yes. And so it was just... I loved it. And I I was so grateful for the assignment because it really showed my parents specifically what God can do through like the internet. Because within a year, my readers nominated me for the best international fashion blog for Cosmopolitan UK. My school flew me out and everything. And so like, you know, my parents they believe in everything that I do. Um, but my father, he wanted me to get into politics and do like media stuff. I'm like, Pops, that's not me. Like, I don't like politics. It's just not me. Even though I love media, I would love to be on air. That's just not me. And he was able to see really early on that God could really use anyone in any industry. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, but the name, it wasn't always called Adrenaline Armor, which is something random. I think like Love Teelin or something to just put my name in there. Um, but I, my mom had recently had a stroke and it was, it really took a toll on me. I got back to my dorm. It was like spring break after that. So um, I just got back to my dorm room and my mom had a stroke and it was so... I don't even know. Like, it was just unrelated because, like, of course, like, I knew, like, my mom was ill for most of my life. She has this disease called avascular necrosis, and it's, like, her 
femur bones. Um, I'm horrible with bones. Okay. Um, but like they're like rotting. And so she had to have like about seven surgeries. They're all unsuccessful. And she actually almost died like from the last one. And she was just like, she just told God, like, honestly, I just want to see my kids grow up. So I'm done like with the surgeries. Like that's, I'm just going to live with this pain. And so, yeah, I'm 25 now. She's, it's about to be 21 years since she's had this um, illness. And so like she walks with like a walker and she just, always always in pain so i've always been conscious of that form of pain but for her to now have issues like with her like mine like you know Mm -hmm. that stroke it was really jolting to me and i got back to my dorm room and i was just sitting there and i just felt so empty and that's when i listened to a sermon by charles stanley i had like the app and we used to listen to him all the time when my mom was like home and we were like getting ready for church and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he talked about putting on the full armor of God. Yeah. And I knew, of course, about spiritual warfare, but I never thought of it in that way yeah. um, my freshman year um, of college. And so literally as I was listening to it, um, God just literally dropped it in my spirit, like adorned in armor. I was thinking I was just like, I need a new name because I knew to love Lynn or whatever. Uh-huh. It wasn't going to be my, yeah, yeah, you know? Um, and he literally told me adorned in armor and it was just perfect because it's like, okay, we're dressing up for the battlefield like spiritually, but we're also mm. doing this fashionably, yeah. you know? And I'm able yeah. to like help them and do that. I love it so much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, let's talk about your mom. Yes. So most of your life, your mom's been sick. Yes. It's all you remember as your mom is being sick. Yeah. I mean, I remember us going to like fast food when she was able to like walk and stuff. Like she would give us treats uh, like, okay, let's go to Wendy's or something. But yeah, most of my life, I just remember her yeah, being ill and stuff. Which, what does that look like for you growing up with your mom, with her legs? Has it been mm-hmm. not being able to walk, not being able to do things? What does that look like for you as her child? Mm-hmm. So she's very, very hard-headed. I tell her this all the time. She will do everything that any mother would do she will cook she will clean she would get on her knees and do whatever she has to do even though she is in so much pain like makes no sense doctors tell her she needs to be in bed but she's just like i got kids and i want to take care of them and i told god this is why i'm here so this is what i'm gonna do okay and so she doesn't listen but um she has she has to put an extra effort like you know and so she's always in pain um so Sometimes um, she goes without the walker in the house, but she always keeps it nearby her, like near her. But that's not to say like she's walking like there's no pain there or like she's constantly like limping and she has like just so many issues and it's like a lot of pain. But like growing up, yeah, I knew my mom was sick, but I didn't like feel it so heavily because it's like I have we have so much like so many um, people taking care of us. And yeah. even while she was like in the hospital, like we would see her and we didn't like really feel the void. It wasn't until like I got to, I guess, college or something like that. And I was like, I remember this moment. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even think I would talk about You're this good. part. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I was working at DSW. And I saw this girl with her mom shopping. And I shot with my mom. Like, she she would go out of her way to, like, show up for us. Like, whether it be, like, to Sephora or whatever. Um, but that time, I guess, it just really stood out to me because it was, like, it just was so effortless. Mm. And like the ease, and it was like, why does she always have to be in so much pain? Yeah. 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 So that's when I really realized that it really affected me. I never really cried about my mom's pain at all, especially being the oldest of four. And I think also Haitians were just very private with our emotions. It's really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And even now I'm learning to be emotional um, and letting myself feel because I never was like that at all. Um, But yeah, it was the first stroke. um, That was the first time I really cried because we're the ones that realized something was off with my mom. When we went to go see her in the hospital, she couldn't remember our names. She recognized us, but she couldn't remember. And we had to go tell like the nurse something was wrong with my mom. And we didn't know until the next day that Mm, she had a stroke. stroke. Yeah. And then like, yeah, going to work and just seeing like, okay, just, yeah, as I mentioned, like the ease of how, like, you know, the mother-daughter experience, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, just like 
why does it have to be like so hard um but the thing is and I always say this like I am who I am because of my mother she is in constant pain but Christ literally is her joy and um that's honestly like what brings me through and what has gotten her through like even when I didn't have like my faith and how strong it is now like I was like riding on hers you know being able to see that firsthand like really just made me who I am and that's how I'm able to encourage people because I'm like I get to see that with my mom and she encourages me and this lady is in constant like like, agony and so how is your mom since the stroke um it's it's real it's so hard for her because it's like okay not only does she have the physical pain but now she has problem like problems with like memory mm-hmm. and stuff like that um so she knows all of our names and stuff but sometimes she'll call me my baby sister um because mm-hmm. we look alike also but also like moms do that like yeah, you know switch their yeah. kids around um but like stuff like um i have to finish her sentences more often and like because she's my best friend i'm like i know what you're thinking mm-hmm. in a way so it's like super easy um but there used to be like time like right after the stroke where she couldn't really communicate so she have to write things down yeah. um pretty much like she loves letters and stuff and as do i but like now we have to like do it together um just like more i guess mommy daughter time she doesn't like when i travel even though she knows i love to do it um but she's like very much like accustomed to me now just being by her side and that's what i mean i'm just like i saw that god needed me to be home Mm -hmm. um even through this author process like most of the book I was writing by her bedside and it was like, yeah, it's just real. (laughs) What do you think that like, have you seen anything in your own life of all you've walked through with your mom? Have you seen God maybe teach you something specific about you or something? What have you learned through that? Yeah. Um, I, I learned a lot. One, I guess the first one I could see she's, she's sensitive as she likes to feel. I don't, I'm just like, yeah let's not I'm done like let's let's not go there um I would say also she well they have both taught me that God is in the pain like he is there throughout it all and she is so like quick to remind me like God is working through you like even right now like it doesn't matter like the quietness if you see nothing's going on if things aren't going right he's still working on you with you when he is for you and he has a plan and a purpose and a future for you and that's I think is like the biggest message she really shares with us because you see her teaching you that in the midst of her pain and yeah yeah <laughs> All right, friends, I know you're loving my conversation with Tara Lynn, but I want to break into the show for just a minute to thank our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Dave's Killer Bread. Does your morning toast or bagel taste more like cardboard than bread? Gosh, I hope not, but it might. And if it does, you have not tried America's number one organic bread, Dave's Killer Bread. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients. It's power packed with whole grains, fiber, protein, and killer taste and texture. It's not just good for you, but it tastes better than everything else. Level up your bread game with Dave's Killer Bread, the best bread in the universe. You guys, this is my hands down favorite bread. My boys take Dave's Killer Bread in their lunch every single day. They love it in the morning for toast. My personal favorite is the 21 whole grains and seed. I like that toasted. And then I like some mashed avocados on it. And then let's throw a runny egg on there that my husband made for me. And I'm in heaven. It's delicious because this bread doesn't get soggy and it has great flavor. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. That's daveskillerbread.com. Today's show is brought to you by Rothy's. You guys know I've mentioned how much I like my Rothy's. I've been eyeing their new Merino collection. This is a fresh spin on their Chelsea boot. I love the animal print because I love everything animal print right now, and I cannot wait to get my feet in these comfy, sustainable boots. Rothy's are the perfect everyday shoes for life on the go. They're stylish and comfortable, and they come in an ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns. They're also available in a range of styles like sneakers, loafers, points, and more. And because Rothy's are seamlessly knit using thread made from, listen to this, I'm not kidding, plastic 
water bottles. They're ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. You don't have to have that break-in period. There's also an added bonus to all of this is that Rothy's has diverted over 35 million water bottles from landfills already. That is amazing. Plus, Rothy's always come with free shipping and free returns and exchanges. So there's no risk, no worries. Basically, no reason not to try these shoes. Check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash Ivy. That's my last name, I-V-E-Y. Go to rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash Ivy, I-V-E-Y, to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash Ivy today. You mentioned a while ago that even when you didn't have your faith, Tell me what your faith journey's been like. Okay. I'm taking it. You grew up in a Christian home. Yes. But what's that look like for you? So my dad is a deacon. And probably if my mom wasn't sick, she would have been a deaconess. Sure, like, you yeah. know, <laughs> um, but they love God. We like Jesus is all that we know. Um, but when I say like I didn't have my own faith, it was more so of like, yeah, God is good. Like, you know, and it's like, okay, no cursing. What else can't I do? Like, it was more about learning about the do's and don'ts. Yeah. But now it's more about like relationship and not even just learning to see him as like a father, but knowing that he isn't just a judge. Like, you know, I think as a child, like when I got saved, it was because I had a rapture dream. I was like, you ain't about to leave me. I was like, (laughs) I had a dream. I was in church and my best friend like was gone. I was like, hey, no, what about me, Jesus? Like, you know, and I woke up, I told my mom, okay, I'll take Jesus now. Like, Uh I don't know how old I was, but I think like, I just always saw God in the lens of fear and like not wanting to go to hell. And it's like, that's not what he wants for us. Like, or from us like he genuinely wants like a loving relationship where we could like build and i learned to begin to see him like as a loving father and a king that bestows upon his daughters just like love worth and power yeah. and yeah not fear it's like it became real for you yeah. instead of just what your parents had told you yeah <laughs> okay one of the things i know you also talk about in your book is about um god seeing you for who you really are mm-hmm. and I want to ask you if that makes you scared to know that, or does that give you comfort to know that? Mm-hmm. I think comfort, um, primarily because I think even now um, in this book process, it's like, I think in general, like you'll be really surprised about like the perspectives that people hold, like, you know, and it's like, where are you getting this like from? What? Like tell twisted, me, tell me like, what you mean. Um, like it could be like the closest people to you just like, and they could like see what you're going through and yet have like their own perspective of you because they hold you to a certain standard. Okay. Um, I don't even know how to explain it, but I'm just really seeing that it's so much like more important just leaning into like what God says about you and knowing that he knows your heart and that you don't have to prove yourself to anybody. Yeah, if you are a beautiful person, the world will see it, you know, mm-hmm. and he will allow his light to shine within you just because other people choose to see something else that's that's their decision, you know. Yeah. God will use you in whatever area and because he sees you, you should take comfort in knowing that he's got you, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, I know in the beginning I would say like, it was scary at first because it's like, okay, he knows what I'm thinking. Okay. Let me not think that yeah, like, you know, yeah. but he knows and he still loves us even with the ugly thoughts. Yeah. You know? I think it can be scary mm-hmm. sometimes. I mean, you know, if you're sitting, if you're in a place in your life where maybe you don't like yourself mm. or you don't believe in yourself yeah. or you think you don't have any gifts, any yeah. talents, any worth. Mm-hmm. And then you would think, does God, does God see me like that as well? Mm-hmm. That can be super scary, mm-hmm. you know? And so how, when you talk to, you know, I think about, I have a teenage son, well, I've three teenage sons and my daughter's 12. And I just think about how hard it is these days to believe that you matter, Mm. you know? And when we think about like God sees us and he says that we matter, but how do we believe that living in the world that we live today? Like how do we, how do you fight that with yourself of believing that you do matter when so many things can tell you that you don't? Yeah. Um, I know this is going to sound like so Christian-y, but it's really And I'm learning this for myself, like not looking into what the world says, but what the word says. And so even if it's like starting with the story of Esther, like, you know, and thinking about like where she came from, like, you know, like 
like she was chosen, you know, out of all those people. And I just think about how, how do I even say this? There's just so many examples in the Bible of people who go overlooked, um, people who weren't supposed to be anybody, mm-hmm. you know, and yet God has called them and he appointed them and he called them each his own. Um, and so I feel like when we look to the word first, that is when we're really able to take root of what he says about us. And I hate that I had to give that answer because it's like, okay, what's another practical way? But the word is practical as well, you know, and it teaches us so many lessons. And yeah, I mean, I'm still learning. Like even, yeah. Yeah. I'm 42. I'm still learning these things. Yeah. (laughs) But even just to, like, I I like what you said though, to look at the people. We have this whole, we have this whole book of the Bible, Mm -hmm. you know, books of the Bible Mm -hmm. that are really true people that really lived and really walked Mm -hmm. and, and God planned their story just like he's planning ours. And we can look at them and see that, like you said, for a lot of them, the world would have said, you're not worth it. Yeah. And God said, you, I mean, look at Noah building yeah. the ark, you know, mm-hmm. Abraham and Sarah, I'm gonna yeah. have a baby at a hundred something. Okay. Who's that? <laughs> you know, Mary yeah. and Joseph and Esther. Mm-hmm. And the list is just on and on and on. Hannah, you know, about them believing what God yeah. said about them to be more true. Yeah, exactly. It's still so very hard. It is. Cause it's, I mean, we know the word to be true, but it's like, okay, the people though, that was a long time ago. The world is way different. But I think if we pray and ask God to reveal what he needs us to see Mm -hmm. in the word, then he will do it. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you were listening to that sermon by Charles Stanley Mm -hmm. and um, that you started hearing about spiritual warfare, which is where, you know, adorned in armor, Mm -hmm. where that title came from for you. How has that looked in your life? Uh, Let's talk about that for a little bit. Okay. So I mentioned how like, okay, I'm not an emotional person, but I'm using quotes, guys. Uh Um, You did cry earlier on my show. I know. know Oh my gosh. Did that freak yourself out? What is going on? Yeah. But like, I, I know that I talked about that once or maybe I wrote about it. Yeah. And it made me like tear up. Uh huh. So it was, just, it was a moment that you look back and go, "Yeah, that's when it really hit me." Exactly. That my mom and I do not have the quote unquote typical relationship. Yeah. That this mom and daughter have. Yeah. Shopping for shoes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But I would say like the enemy knows that because like my emotions aren't like my strong suit. He will come after the people closest to me that have my heart. So I'll, I mean, I won't go into that so much, but like, okay, my past relationship, right? Or like most importantly, like my mom, he knows like that is the key to my heart. So like I've noticed like whenever I have like something like big, like an interview or like I have like something to do, like that's very important. That's really like kingdom minded, uh-huh. right? An attack is like on my mom. Mm. Like, when I had graduated, like I was coming home the very first day, my mom had like this blinding pain in her abdomen. And next thing we know, she now has your like bladder issues. Mm. And it's like, what? It's like literally one thing after the other. And you can't say that's not the devil, but it's like, I know that God allowed it because he is still getting the glory out of it. But at the end of the day, I do see like how the devil like moves and stuff like that. And it's like, my mom has always been my covering, but now that I'm older and I'm more aware of what the enemy is doing and his tactics, I have to be a covering to her as well. Um, and I'll never forget, I was in college and I heard a sermon in school and what was he saying? Who was it? Um, Darius Daniels. I don't know that guy. He's, okay. yeah, he's getting out there. Okay. Um, and so he was preaching about like how our like coverings will get like the attacks for us and that really blew my mind because i saw it once right when i got home Mm. you know and then i was even more aware of like the different ways the enemy like would come in and just like just try to distract me Mm -hmm. and make me feel like nothing like things aren't going to get better does that scare you or does it make you like oh i'm coming i'm 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 coming for you (laughs) what does that make you feel um I think I think it's both because in some ways I'm like, all right, let's get it. Like, let's go. Like, you know, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to pray. But then you have some moments where it's like, (laughs) um, no, I don't want to deal with that. Like, you know, it's like because it's like not everyone has to deal with like the um, 
like being able to see like spirits like right in front of them and it's like lord i don't want to see that either uh-huh let's not like you know um but also just having to learn that god is protecting you like you know and you have to be able to be well equipped so that you could fight the battle but just knowing that the battle has already been won because it mm-hmm. is the lord like yeah. we have the victory i think that is a constant thing that jesus is just trying to teach me all the time like doesn't matter what is going wrong like i am fighting for you and i am not against you i am for you and i already won yeah i already won which sometimes i don't know sometimes i can feel like okay that sounds awesome you've already won what do we what do we need to do now like it just feels it can feel like well, why are we fighting this battle? Yeah, God? exactly. If you won, then yeah. why am I still here? Can you come take care of this? Yeah, us? exactly. Which he's going to. Exactly. And I think that's where it's just like, okay, even though I'm fighting, that doesn't mean you should be left defenseless. Yeah. Like, how are you going to armor up for yeah. this battle yeah. and stuff? Like, yeah, I am in the front and I'm carrying you. And yeah, I won. But that doesn't mean that you could sit in the sidelines and right. just like, because honestly, sitting in the sidelines that you are more susceptible to more attacks, you know, if you're not fighting on the right side. Mm. Okay. I can't help but ask you this. We've been doing this special series called Your Last Decade. And when I hear your story, I'm like, man, you know, from 15 to 25, you've accomplished and had a lot of things happen in life. You know, you graduated college, got your master's, Miss, New- Miss Black New Jersey, 2018, traveled to your home country, wrote for Teen Vogue, all, all these things. I mean, you know, you're li- you released the first book. What is what do you want your life to be? What do you look forward to? What do you think? I've got I mean, you've got you're just killing it with your ministry and what you're doing and I'm I'm so proud of you for you. you know capturing what you want to do at 25 and really doing everything for the glory of God from what I can tell and what I've known you, you know, for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> but what does that look like for you in the next 10, 20, 15 years? Mm-hmm. So by then, I would love to have a husband and kids. Okay. Yes. Do you I have a significant that. other right now? It's none of my I business. Don't. I can't believe I asked you that in the microphone. No, it's okay. okay. It's okay. I don't. Like, I... Hmm. Uh-oh. Like, no, Wait, you no, might, no, no, but no. he's going to hear this and be like, girl, yeah, I thought I we had like, something. Don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. I wouldn't. I feel it's like, like I put you in a squirmy no, situation. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. You're good. Don't it's, worry. Most men don't listen to my show, so he'll never hear it. Okay. <laughs> so, like, I say no just because it's like, okay, we're not together, together or stuff. But, like, I'm just watching to see how God is moving. Okay. That's it. That's if you it. need any advice, girl, you just come girl, to me. Girl, like okay. Big thank you. I need it. I need big it. sister thank over you. here. Thank you. So yeah, definitely I want to be married by then. Um, have kids. I would love four kids. My mom had four. You have four, right? Yeah, my mom had four. And you're four. the oldest. I'm the oldest. I love it. Sometimes I have four as well. And sometimes my kids will only say like two. And I'm like, oh, this is too rough for y'all, right? Like, you don't want to repeat this. Okay, married kids. What, what do you want to, what, what do you see yourself doing for the Lord? I would love to travel the world. Like that's one thing that I've always had like within me, like as I was super, super young um, and being able to, because at that point, telling all women like you know of who we are of our identity um i really see that that topic's very i'm very very passionate it's about that very important as well yeah and it's not a new this is not like you're coming upon something new exactly but it's every generation has to deal with this in a different way yeah that's why your voice is so important <gasps> just so you know that okay oh. carry on <laughs> um definitely that being able to travel Ooh, i would love at one point to do like fashion correspondence so like okay. red carpet that would be like a dream did you watch the oscars i didn't okay i was packing to mm, come here to come to <laughs> texas okay okay yeah but like i just genuinely love that stuff and i would just like like just enjoy yeah. doing it mm-hmm. i feel like um i'm trying to think because i literally have a list of at home what you want to do uh, yeah you got your dream board going yeah i do i have it I'm just like god okay i want this 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 and of course it's like okay your will be done yeah, exactly but um just showing him like my heart and stuff like that i'm trying to okay. think of what else but... another thing well mm-hmm. I, I got more things to ask you yes you, you told us you're 25 yes i want to know from a 25 year old woman who is you know writing a book about your identity speaking to we'll say you know young girls mm-hmm. and i mean you very much say that could be your ministry, young girls and mm-hmm. other women. But mm-hmm. do you, you ever struggle with feeling as though I'm 25? Mm-hmm. What do I have to say? Who's going to listen to me? I've only, you know, mm-hmm. been an adult for seven years, <laughs> technically. Yeah. What does that look like for a young woman who's chasing after God and just wants to tell everyone about their okay. identity? 
I would say like the struggle really for me is like Instagram and just rededicating like all my platforms to him like constantly just because it's like, okay, like for me, I don't post all the time and Instagram says you should post two times Uh a day, like, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, oh, I don't have it in me. Like, it's a lot. And it's like, of course I want to do it. But like for me, like I really just post like when I feel led, unless it's like a fashion post and it's like, okay, here's an outfit, like, and that's it. But like for the moments where it's like, okay, I feel like God is speaking to me. That is when I really feel like, okay, I want to put that message out. Um, And it does get difficult sometimes when it's like, okay, Instagram, you're hiding my post. Like mm-hmm. no one sees this right now, but just trying to remember that God has put that post out for at least that one person. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and just knowing that that one person that is touched and that I reached out to really is enough. Yeah. Um, so I would say in that way, but like it's very, very easy to get like overlooked on social media and stuff. But again, that's why I'm like, okay, detachment. Mm -hmm. I need to move back and just also remember like social media isn't everything. It is in some ways, but it's not like the whole world um, and God can move in any way and he will do things on his own. Right. We won't have to force it. Yeah. And that's a lesson that he's continuously telling me. So do you feel intimidated at all of being, you know, young and talking about Jesus? No, I don't. I'm I'm glad. I I didn't mean that you should. I just wonder when I see women in their twenties who are just like killing it for the Lord and they are talking to women about their identity and they're following Jesus and they want to do whatever he wants to do. Mm -hmm. I'm super impressed by that. So just so you know, I'm not trying to put anything on you, but I often wonder, is there this, is there this intimidation that they might feel of? Mm -hmm. I'm too young Mm -hmm. because that's what I don't want is I want every generation to be able to say, I'm, I mean, we talked about Esther a while ago. Yeah. You know, I want every generation to be able to say, I'm not too young to speak about what God's doing in my life. Yeah. But there's this lie that we can tend to believe that, well, I need to wait till I'm 30 or mm. 40 or 50. Mm-hmm. And you don't struggle with that. No, I never you. struggle with that at all. And I think also, I feel like um, social media has a part to do with that because it's like, you don't need a big platform. You could literally, you are your platform. And so like social media is like an extension of that. So if you use your social media for the kingdom of God, like, okay, that is your ministry. Yeah. You know, you talking, doing one-on-one, that is your ministry. Uh-huh. Um, And so I never like really struggle with that. And I think maybe it has to do with my mom too. Just saying your like, mom, you are not, <laughs> yeah, you, um, I wanted her to come, honestly. Aww. Yeah. Um, Just showing us like so early on, like you are not too young to do anything, especially if it's for the kingdom of I God. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that because I think that is so scary for young people mm-hmm. is I'm going to mess up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the wrong thing or I'm not far enough in my faith to be mm-hmm. able to say anything. Yeah. And I think that's how the devil keeps a lot of people silent. Yeah. I feel like also like, what is such a struggle is like, okay, it's hard to find other believers like really um, that have the same like mindset mm. of like as you. Like most of the time, like you just see people of the world and it's like, okay, but where are my people? Yeah. Like, you know, so I feel like that really would be like a struggle for like the generation and yeah. to yeah. come and stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you are speaking into young women's lives. I really am. And I'm glad you're going to be speaking into my daughter's life when I give her your book that you signed for her. I'm so happy. Okay, we'll end every show asking people what they're loving and what they're reading. Friends, one of my favorite segments of the show, which is what are you loving and what are you reading, is brought to you today by Oniko 20. 87. Book your next getaway to the stunning white beaches of Riviera Maya and immerse yourself in a one-of-a-kind experience. Oniko 2087 Hotel Riviera Maya is the aspirational, adults-only, all-inclusive hotel situated south of Playa del Carmen. Discover and embrace contemporary Mexico face-to-face and share in a passion for the region defined by relaxed luxury and cultural immersion. Dining at Oniko 2087 is a multi-sensory adventure, which sounds so amazing. While locally sourced ingredients are a staple at every restaurant and bar, the offerings are of a diverse mix of international flavors. The energy shifts as the evening darkens tonight with live performances, late night snacks, and one-of-a-kind programming. Exciting pop-up events include cooking classes, yes, mixology classes, yes, salsa lessons, yes, and so much more. Each of their three pools offer poolside food and drink services, as well as cabanas that can be booked in advance. All of those things are my favorites. They also offer personal training sessions, meditation and yoga, beachfront classes, so much including spa and beauty treatments, golf excursions. You guys... 
so much is offered here. Visit onicohotelrivieramaya.com or contact your preferred travel professional. Okay. What you got for me? I am loving The Bachelor. <laughs> Did I read it your first season to watch? <gasps> yeah, it's my first season. Congrats. <laughs> my sister got me on The Bachelorette with What's her name? I don't watch. Not yeah. out of any moral compass. Just yeah. out of time. But. Oh my gosh. No, like this is my... A, fr- uh, the Bama... Alabama yeah, Hannah, Hannah, Hannah. So that was like my first season. And it's crazy because I don't even watch TV, but I'm being really intentional with spending time with people. So I'm like, OK, I could do this Monday. Nights. If the people are watching The Bachelor, you're going to be. There. Yeah. So like just spending time like with friends in that way, because it's really you can re- get really holed up in your space, just like working, like, you know, yeah. as an entrepreneur. And it's like, okay, it's time to come out now. Like, yeah. you know, not yeah. just for events, but like from personal like moments, you oh, know, yeah. let's just, let's watch something dumb or something, you know, like. So this is Peter. Yeah. <laughs> the pilot. Peter the pilot. <laughs> Who do you want Peter the pilot to pick? Um, uh, We're early. There's got to be like 800 women still out there. No, it's going oh. so fast. There's four women left when we're recording yeah. this. Yeah. I missed a whole season. <laughs> I feel like it just came out. No, it really did, though. It's really happening so fast. Oh, my gosh. They say that all the it time. It came out in show. January, and January was really long, so mm-hmm. we missed a lot oh, of what yeah. happened. Yeah. January went on forever. Um, okay, you're loving The Bachelor. What else are you loving? Yeah, I'm loving the Crazy Faith series. With um, uh, Mike, Mike Todd. Todd. Yeah. I was like, okay, I need some Crazy Faith right Love now. Love Mike Let Todd. Me. Yeah, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm listening to him. Um Dr. Matthew Stevenson, man, he is convicting. Okay. But he's hilarious. Okay. And I love that. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, I'm loving lashes. Your lashes look good, I must Babe, say. girl, yours look good too. I was looking at you over there. Thank like. you. I need to have them redone. Do you do individuals or you put them on? I want to do individuals, but like I just do like the strips. Everyone, this is this is a this is a PSA for everyone because I get the DMs sliding in all the time <laughs> saying, Hey, how do your lashes look like that? Here's how they look like this. I pay for them every three weeks <laughs> to look like this. And so they look good. I've been getting lashes for a couple of years and I like it so much. Yeah. Like if someone said to me, You have a choice. You can either give up chips and salsa or lashes. Oh my gosh. And I love chips and salsa. Wow. I think I would not eat another chip for the rest of my life to have my lashes look like this. Oh my gosh. Wow. No, but lashes are important. I like well, lashes. maybe I could take the chips and salsa and put some of that cream on them or something. <laughs> <laughs> I do love my lashes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Now, well, okay. What are you reading? I'm reading. Oh, I wrote that. I was like, I'm reading my book. Did you read your book after it came out? No, I was very hesitant. Yeah. I was like scared. And have you? I mean, it just came out. I'm like ago. reading it now, okay. like in the process of reading it. And I don't know. I guess it's because I read it so much, like in the oh, editing a process. Times, yeah. yeah. And so like, just trying to read it like in new eyes and stuff like that. Um, yeah. My book came out in January of 2018 and mm-hmm. I did an interview this last fall. So that would have been a year and a half later. Wow. And I haven't done an interview about my book in a long time. Yeah. And so I was doing an interview about the book. I had to pull out my book and <gasps> read it. I'm like, what did I actually talk about? Because <laughs> like, you just, a lot of life happens. Yeah. People don't know you write a book and it takes forever to come out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I started when I was 23. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Okay. You reading anything besides your own book? Um, Are you a reader? I am, but I haven't like had really much time. Yeah, I'm reading the Book of Psalms now, just trying to get through. Um, I'm really horrible with names, yeah, like in titles and stuff. Yeah. So I'm trying to think, but yeah, I'm trying to commit to more books like this year and stuff. But because I used to love reading, I used to get awards in elementary school Look for at that. You. Yeah, reader just of the for year. reading. Mm-hmm. We were called like accelerated readers. Yeah. And then you went to college and master's yeah. and did a lot of reading. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay. Haha. I'm gonna take a break. Yeah. I always say, I said this to a girlfriend just the other day. I said, if there's one thing that I miss the most in my life mm. from being, you know, working more and traveling is a book club. Mm. I used to love book club. Yeah. And if I could add, you know, five more hours to my month, <laughs> which you can't do that. It's impossible. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I could take away maybe some time I get my lashes done or something, but, <laughs> but I would host a book club. I yeah. like reading. I just, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Tara Lynn, yes. two things. Number one, mm-hmm. you're beautiful inside oh, and out. Thank you. Number two, keep going. 
Us 40-year-olds are cheering you 20-year-olds on like crazy. (laughs) So uh, that's what I want to say to you. And thanks for coming to Austin. Thank you so much for having me. Seriously, means the world. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for encouraging girls and women alike um, to really know where their true identity comes from because this is a message that never gets old. Yeah. We need this message all the time. And so thank you for putting your heart out there and for doing that for us. Thank you. Friends, it was such a joy to sit down with Tara Lynn. Her smile is infectious, so make sure you follow her on Instagram. Her passion for girls and women to know who we are in Christ is inspiring. I love that she was able to come into my studio and sit down with us. And I was really, really, really inspired by her vulnerability with sharing some of the moments of loss that she's felt in caring for her incredible mom throughout her sickness. What a faith-filled mom that she has. You guys, you know all the links for all the ways to connect with Tara Land are gonna be on my webpage, jamieivy.com. Check those out for any information that you want from today's show. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Slockers and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, you guys, I have such a great show for you. I have had the joy of sharing with you a woman who has been sort of a spiritual mother to me over the past 15 years. Her name is Nancy Mattingly. We met when my oldest, who is 16 now, was about a year old. So we met about 15 years ago when my son, Kate, and I were traveling with Aaron and his band. It was called Spur 58 at the time. During the summer, when they used to do camps all the time, we met Nancy at a camp. She is a friend of mine who will send me prayers that she's praying for me. She listens to the happy hour and tells me all the things she loves about each show. Her and her family walked through and continue to carry with them the loss of their oldest son, Kyle, whose death by suicide has been a marker of God's faithfulness to her in her life. Our interview was so special and tender to me. I'm honored to be able to share her story with you and her story of her son, Kyle, his life. That is going to be here for you next week. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Tag me on Instagram and I'll send you some merch. Have a happy hour with a friend and we'll see you back here next week with my friend, Nancy Mattingly. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.